difficult as this is to accept, Captain America is a fugitive. This is your chance. Saving our world. The world's filling up with people who can't be matched. They can't be controlled. It's the end. The end of the path I started us on. You stood by my side all these years. And now that I'm trying to protect the people that I put in harm's way, you're gonna walk out. People are gonna die. I can't let that happen. Don't make me do this. There is nothing except this. Welcome to Midnight Movies once again as we continue the Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet Saga. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. Infinity War, Infinity Saga. I know it's one of those two, but we are month eight. So we are past the halfway point, and I can never do these things alone. I do it with usually the best captain. Oh, my captain. He is the captain of this ship, and maybe he's the captain of yours too. Mr. Captain Mike. How you doing, sir? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to have you back, buddy. Oh, yeah back i'm always here <laughs> <laughs> sorry folks uh as we record this i'm off a little bit of a high i've been watching dc fandom all day and um a lot of good stuff i'm not gonna break that out what i saw because i'll leave that for the show itself but all i'll say is this guy right here on the other side of the microphone is very happy what he's seen and i'm sure the captain is as well so definitely yep yeah we'll so, definitely um, talk about that on monday's show yes we will so uh, i guess uh without further ado we're just not gonna not going to delay with any stories. We're just going to jump right into it. We're doing the Civil War. Now, if you guys have read the Civil War comics and the movies itself, two very different stories, but they're kind of interweaved in the same way. They have the same goal at the end. I guess that's the best way I could say it. The comic book was more about superhero registration and their identities, and the movie is more about collateral damage, I would say. Uh, very close, but not quite the source material. But, you know, these the Marvel movies, they never take the source material to heart. They just kind of take it, they move it into their own way, and they make it work. So that's the best way I could describe this version of Civil War. How about you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's Captain America Civil War. It's it's his three, third movie, which we're, we have done all three, by the way. Yeah. Um, on this. Just, uh, and, yeah the, this... Uh, and what we uh, – yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same. It is uh, based loosely off of Civil War because there is a registration going on. But yeah, the main, you know, juxtapose of it is about, you know, everything that has happened in the last three movies of between, you know, Avengers, Captain America, and it's just everything's now coming to a head. Mm -hmm. And we got some nice callbacks to some past Marvel movies as well, which you guys will see. So I guess without further delay, we're going to queue it up. I, at the moment, I am at zero, zero, zero. So you guys can queue the things back to zero, zero, zero as well. And I will do the countdown. So, guys, get ready and hit play in three, two, one, and play. Now, I think the captain and I have always discussed that one of our favorite openings of a movie 
is what we call a cold opening. This is a cold opening right now. We're just getting right into the story. Quite literally. And, yeah, li literally, it is a cold opening because we're in, uh, I guess, Siberia or Alaska. I believe this is Siberia because this okay. have to do. This does have to do with the Winter Soldier and that program that uh, mm. Bucky has been on. And judging by the uniforms, it looks Russian. Yeah. Which is something from the comics, by the way. The Winter Soldier program is something from Marvel. It's not something they made up for the movie. It actually is a thing. So, Yeah, and this is one of our first true looks at Bucky since Captain America number two, right? Yeah. We didn't see him in Avengers. Well, you saw him in Winter Soldier, so. Well, but as Winter Soldier. Yeah, as Winter Soldier. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. We haven't seen him since no. his demise. We did see him, I think, I think there was like a small scene with him. Yeah, that's about it, but. But yeah, this definitely centers around, which is funny, is this one, to me, is more Winter Soldier than Civil War. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, this one yeah. should have been named Winter Soldier because really the underlying plot through this is about the Winter Soldier program. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those ones like... It literally what, has what? everything to do with the Winter Soldier yeah. and the Starks. So. Yeah, and, and, and nothing else to do with, with the Civil War. Like, literally, you could have had this movie be Winter Soldier, Cap, and Iron Man, and that's all you really needed. Because those are the three central components of this, as you see right here in this little scene. Man, you think Howard Stark would buy a better car than that? That dough. Um, that was that, that, that was that was money in the eighties, man. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, man. This, I'm saying you think you have a driver? Where's Jarvis this time? He's going. For, he's going away with his wife. Yeah, think. but he's come on. Jarvis ain't gonna drive him to the airport. No, Jarvis. Jarvis is probably dead by now. You got to think. The last time he saw his dad with mm. Jarvis was when, in the sixties. Well, he's got to hire a driver or something. A taxi, maybe. Rich people like to know. drive too. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I remember one of the big things about this movie when it was coming out, like people were thinking, oh, it's going to be just like Avengers 2.0, which it is. I ain't going to lie. It is. But it's still a Captain America movie. Because people were trying to rake this like, oh, best trilogies of all time. And they put the Cap trilogy up there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I wouldn't I don't disagree. It's still a cat movie. Yeah, because, I mean, it's his life is what's really the center of this with Bucky, with the Avengers. And, and it's he's that interweaving thread, I think, between, you know, through all everything. Mm -hmm. And really, at this point in his life, it would be very difficult to ignore the Avengers. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's no way they can do that. a movie can, without it. That's him. like that's like the elephant in the room. Like, yeah. you know, we know, we know. Yeah, we'll get our introduction here soon to probably, I think, well, probably one of your favorite Marvel villains. Yep. Yes, sir. You, you are correct. I would hope so, because you have you know, one of his shirts, so I'd assume that's... You know, I can't find that shirt anywhere. Oh, wow. You lost that? Yeah, Holy I lost crap. it. I, I have over 
200 shirts, no lie, and I cannot find that one. I have to order another one, probably. It sucks. It's one of my favorite shirts, too. So it's interesting with this one because we're also going to be introduced to new Avengers that will come into play because we also oh, get yeah. introduced to, to Black Panther in this. Yep. But it's interesting is when this film came out, it coincided with the 75th anniversary of Captain America, the 10th anniversary of the original Civil War comic book, and also the 50th anniversary of Black Panther. So it was just like one of those golden moments. I, you know, I'm sure there was some planning behind it, but to have all three happen at the same time. Kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah. I remember when they um, they were doing the casting, you know, Chiwetel Ejiofor got cast as, you know, T'Challa. I'm like, they're going to have Black Panther in Civil War? I'm like, he wasn't a big part in the comic, I don't remember. Yeah. And I thought, like, uh, man, he might ruin the movie. And I was totally wrong. Totally wrong. And I was happy that I was wrong. Because as you'll see, as we watch the movie further, he is like the buzzsaw in this movie. He just basically comes in the movie, he just, he buzzsaws it through the whole movie. Yeah. There he is. Romulo. Now we got introduced to a Red Wing, which was Falcon's little drone. That actually in the comic books was a true Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's... But I can only um, imagine the logistics if it's actually a real life Falcon. Yeah, and you can't. You yeah, know, it's it's cool. It's cooler to have a drone. You know, for yeah. when it comes time to sell toys. It's like one of those little things that they do, like you know, because you can't make things exactly like the comics, as we've talked about many times at nauseum. So you take a little bit of you know a little bit of modern technology, and, and it's fine. Like this version of Falcon, I dig. Yeah, this like one in the I comics, know. I did not like Falcon. I'm like, he looks cheesy with a wimpy little Halloween costume. But this one, they make him like an air ranger, some sort, like a parachutist, and it works. He, to me, is is the um, Cap's roads. He, mm -hmm. He's his roadie. He's he uh, he, he's an old military too, but you know he's got Air Force qualities. So it's like that intro when they meet each other in Winter Soldier. One of the one of the best intros to a character in the world, and it's like nonchalant. It's basically them running around, you know, Washington, yeah. going around laps. He's basically on your left, on your left, on your left, really? and he's like, "I know, I know." <laughs> That's classic. And here I thought Captain, Captain America was a weak ass character, and they make him look so cool. <laughs> that is a badass helmet though now you were talking about how um how you hated like a lot of the fans would make that comment about avengers 2.0 yeah uh, actually that was anthony mackie also described it that way Oh, did he? Yeah, and and Jeremy uh, Renner said it would be like it would be like an Avengers movie due to the, a lot of the characters being involved. So, I mean, even the cast was felt that you know it was still the same way. And this was the longest running Marvel movie at the time. 
because this one clocks in at like two hours and 27 minutes or something oh, really? like that. You I know, knew it was long. I didn't think it was that long. The Infinity Wars and um, Avengers Endgame, obviously uh, Inf- uh, Avengers, you know, hit the three hour mark, but uh, Infinity War was two hours and 29 minutes. So it was like two minutes longer. So most likely, uh, if, if they're looking at the trailers or the credits, it was probably just the, the longer, extra longer credit scenes to thank everybody. I'm going to admit something to you right now. Um, there are three people I like watching fighting on screen as far as like characters go. Number one is Batman, of course. Number two is John Wick. And number three is Scarlett Johansson. Yes. I love her fighting scenes. Like, it's, they're so – and she's a, she's a chick. And she just kicks ass. Like, some, you, see, you watch a movie like Atomic Bomb was pretty good too. That was okay. But, you know, Scarlett's been doing it for so long. That she's old hat at it, and it just looks so fluid. Yeah, I actually I was uh, we went to see the movie. I, I told you about this uh, a couple of weeks ago or l- last week. Uh, me and some, me and a friend we went to go see Empire Strikes Back, and they actually had a new trailer for Black Widow in it. And I, I just I was like, man, why haven't I seen this trailer before? And it it had more about the Red Room and more about like the more of the backstory, of what was going on, and it was so I was like. I wanted to see this movie and I felt like it had missed its mark, you know, because of being so long, you know, because other movies have come around since then. Mm-hmm. But with that, when I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, nope, there it is. They've captured that. They've captured something here at this point. Love that. Damn. Oh. Another good fight scene right here. Now, what is it that they're... I forget what the cargo is. It's whatever that was in the okay. in that is vial. A, yeah, I think it's like a, uh, I think it's like a, 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 a chemical warfare. Okay. Because they, like like they don't want they don't want it to break. <laughs> look at look at the way she moves. It's just I mean, I know some of it's stunt actors and all that, but still. Parkour, man. She's doing, she's, she's doing a little bit of it. Hardcore, parkour. <laughs> Look at that. Ooh. Love the way she fights. Ugh. Yeah, ever since uh, Iron Man 2, when she did that first fight scene. Oh, with, that one. The, with the Coulson, oh yeah, with God. Coulson in the hall. I love when she does a little twisty thing. Like She she does wrestling moves. She did a hurricanrana right there. <laughs> I think it's primarily just like judo. I think it's, I mean, they're, the style that she's judo? doing, yeah. Now we talk about <laughs> nice, nice. Oh. <laughs> Still gotta have that humor. So we had with so many Avengers in here, there was somebody missing. Thor. No. Well, somebody else. Besides Thor? Yeah. Um, hmm. The big green. Oh, Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, Hulk is not in here. There were there were rumors that because um, uh, Mark was out on set during the movie, and there were rumors that you know that he was going to make an appearance, but it never. Nothing. I'm glad happened. he didn't show up. Yeah. Wouldn't fit. Didn't need him. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you didn't need the you didn't need the big guys in this one. Mm-mm. Besides, if you ever want to know what happens to Thor, look up on YouTube. He had a roommate at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially Thor. <laughs> Thor was busy. Thor was getting his life together after Jane left him. The bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's that's some that's some good stuff. I love that. I love how Marvel does that. They don't do it anymore, but well, they haven't. Nothing's come out in a while. I so know. Just... And here we go. I don't know, like the whole, I, I get why the Accords happened, but like, if you look at the scene in context, I mean, of course, Ross didn't see this, but she probably say more lies by throwing him up in the air. You know, than she would have if he left him on the ground. Yeah, very true. So, I mean, it's just the way you look at it. I mean, I, I get it. You, lo- you lost life and all that, but, uh. So uh, John um, Slattery, guy that plays Howard Stark here, mm-hmm. he's really only two years and seven months older than Robert Downey Jr. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was he in Mad Men? Or am I wrong? Uh, I believe he was. I, I okay. wasn't a big fan of Mad Men. Or no, I can't say I wasn't a fan. I never really got a chance to watch it, but I believe No, was. neither did I. I'm just saying that I think he was. Stick the mustache up. It looks like he was in it. Well, the style of clothing was yeah. close from that. I mean, if you really... The time frame of Mad Men would have made Tony would have been Tony Stark's twenties. So yeah, that yeah, I think that style carried over. Mister Softy, oh my God, <laughs> he used to come to my neighborhood all the time. But what do you think about the CGI on 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 uh, great Robert? Great, like it? Yeah. Most people okay. don't talk about this scene. Most yeah, people because like, this is one of those few de aging scenes, but nobody really talks about. I mean, he doesn't move his mouth a lot, but. It's really good. Doesn't matter. I mean, you just I think what what you have is I mean, the mouth I mean, movement. I mean, they're moving the technology forward, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Right, cuz I mean, everybody really talks about you know, the de-aging I think they did for uh, Captain Marvel. You know, and uh and well, Ant-Man, Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas as well, but yeah, I mean, this is really good and I'm trying to remember what movie they took this from. Tron Legacy. Remember when they de-aged Jeff Bridges? No, 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 no. The movie that they took his face from. Oh, uh, I know where the technology. Uh, the technology ooh. did come from Tron. Technology came um, from from another place, but yeah. It's... By the way, that's a, that's a freaky sight. Older Robert Downey yeah. and younger Robert Downey yeah. side by side. I think that, I think that's the less than zero Robert Downey I'm, Jr. That's what I'm kind of thinking it is, but there was another movie that was around the same time that he wasn't weird looking si- at. Look, was it Weird Science? No, no, not, not Weird no. Science. No. Um, uh, yeah, no, wait, no, maybe that's the one I am thinking. That all does almost look like weird science. Because he's more teenager there than... Yeah. Uh, it was either that or Back to School, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, another uh. good one. I, lo- I love Back to School. Oh, my God. <laughs> my favorite movies of all time is Back to School. Can you do the double Lindy or the triple Lindy? The triple Lindy, triple Lindy, yeah. But you're a melon. <laughs> and if you watch Far, Far From Home, uh, Clint, is it uh, the guy who plays Mysterio is apparently the guy who created Barf. 
and um, what's his name from uh, Christmas Story? Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, he's he's because he was the uh, say it was the same he was the same uh, character in the first Iron Man that uh, yeah that uh, that kind of freaked me out. Man. I didn't know that was Ralphie. I was what? like, that's Ralphie. Yeah, he's been, he's been in the industry a long time. I think he he went to directing and producing right after like after he became an adult. Hey, dude, he's still making a living after Christmas Story. Give him credit. Yes, so which hopefully he's making residuals too. Oh, he's he has to be. He has to be off Christmas Story alone. I mean, they play that every Christmas. 24 hours of Christmas story. That blonde actress, she looks like Scarlett Johansson a little bit. Her cheekbones. Actually, I was thinking she looks more like... Um, uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh, really? Yeah, when I saw, yeah, to me, her eyes and she. No, this scene kind of freaked me out because I thought this was Viola Davis, but it isn't. I think this is Alfie something, I believe. Or Alfie Woodard? Is this Alfie Woodard? I'm uh, just looking that up right now because I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think that is Alfie Woodard. Okay. Because Alfie Woodard and Viola Davis, I always confuse them. They, they look very similar. Not trying to be, you know, racist or anything, but they. I'm just talking about like this. No, you're not trying. You already are. But um, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what you get, kids, when you get a partner who throws you under the bus all the time. So remember that when you're starting a podcast, get a guy who will always throw you under the bus. Hey, we have you. You, you have your moments. Don't act like. Don't be all innocent over there. All right. <laughs> Acting like a victim over there. The victim of circumstance, sir. But why are you blaming it on him? He wasn't even there. Yeah, but he's the head of the, the Avengers. Of the Avengers, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, but still, like. Yeah, Alfie Waters has been a lot of good things. I think she does that TV series. I've never watched um, Six Ways to Murder Somebody, I think it's called. Been on for a while. I have never seen an episode, but apparently she's like a college professor. And she teaches, like, criminology to, like, these guys or in girls in, in a classroom. And, um. And they, she finds out like one of the, the one of the things she's teaching about like is serial killers, and then she finds out like towards the season as it goes on the first season it's the only season I saw, she's eventually teaching someone how to be a serial killer, and the murders start like piling up after episode five and six. It's actually not bad. I stopped watching after season one because I thought oh, it's never going to get any better than this, but I've been told by people that it has gotten better. I mean, she's been a lot. She was uh, she was in uh, most recently The Lion King. Oh, that's right. She wasn't. I haven't seen The Lion King. I ain't gonna oh, lie. really? Well, that's a good one. No, I haven't seen it. I, I was, I was uh, surprisingly uh, surprised, or I was pleasantly surprised, actually, with uh, Disney's redoing. I thought, I, I know it's lazy writing because they're like, yeah, let's just make a live version of that. We don't have to retell. We don't have to re, you know, get a new author. We don't have to get new music. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the original version for me will always stand. But this one, this one was a good version. I well, thought, if you I say thought, it's good, I'll check yeah. it out. They all they all have been even the even the Aladdin one was actually pretty good. I no, the that. Aladdin one I liked a lot. I thought it was really good. And that is our segment that Willie hit, will miss and, and and never be part of. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Ah, oh, Willie. You know, one of the things I think we've talked about at nauseum, like you have these big, you know, movies and they have big action scenes and big set pieces, and you know, we have an overall theme. But one of the best things they they do in these movies is is these character moments like this. You know, like de- they're superheroes, but they have doubts, and now they're going through something like, hey, you know, we did something really bad and people died, and what do we do? How do we move forward? But well, I mean, that was the big difference between DC and Marvel. You know, that 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 really. That really, you know, wedged a a major gap between them because they they focus more on the realism of things. That hey, these these superheroes aren't just superheroes, and they're and they can go back to being normal after after the the damage and the and everything they've done. But you know, they they were people that had to think about oh God, what did I do? How do I get my life back together after I've done all this? That was you know always the big difference between them. And I think you know Feige kept it captured it really well here. This was cool, bringing him back. Yep. And again, the only one movie that he was uh, in without Bruce. Yeah. Remember, there were rumors for a long time that they thought, oh, he's going to be Red Hulk. Eh, I don't know if you need Red Hulk. No, we had um, Abomination, I think. that. Yeah, that's, I don't that's, think you need Red Hulk. Yeah. Red Hulk was kind of like an answer to we, Hulk. We got a but, Red Hulk in the other Incredible Hulk one that most people don't like. It isn't, that isn't part of the MCU. This one, the 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 uh, one with him in it and um, Abomination. I'm sorry. I'm I like that point. movie. Incredible I, Hulk. I like both of. I like, both a, I like, I like a lot. I like both Incredible Hulk movies. I'm an Incredible Hulk fan. The Ang Lee one yeah. was like, oh man. It was you know the thing about it is it was just so long. I think that's why I had issues with it because the movie itself, like the first time actually seeing the Hulk on screen being the Hulk uh-huh. was cool. And him throwing tanks, I dug, but I think it was just so long. And I think I didn't like the cutaway comic scenes. I think kind of just, threw I me love off. that. That That's what I love. Did you like that? I love the cutaway I, comics it, it because it, it, threw me off. it made you feel like you were reading a watching yeah, a live. I, I get what he was going for. I guess he kind of just threw me off. That's what it was. Cause I wasn't expecting. It. I was like, are these comic panels? Are these paneling? Yep. Like, Hmm. And there's always collateral damage, man. That's what I like. They they always their universe is so expansive. At this point, when they're doing this movie, they can go back to their other movies and be like, "Hey, this is what you guys caused." Those are frightening images, by the way. Yeah, this just shows, yeah, this one was just, yeah. Just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah, but this in this movie, yeah, that, that, it was when I watched it. They were just watching. Yeah, I had like a pit in my stomach, and I was just watching. Like, wow. You know, going back to the uh, Red Hulk thing, I um, I don't know if you ever watched it, and it's kind of a throwaway animated series, but I watched it, but I thought it was very fun. Have you ever seen Hulk and the Agents of Smash? No, I did not. I'm going to tell you something. Watch it. It is what it is, but it's fun. It's really fun. It's basically Hulk. He leaves the Avengers, and he formed his own team. He gets Red Hulk. He gets um, uh, oh, I forgot his, uh, what's his name. So he gets Samson. Skarsky, he gets Scar. Um, he gets um, uh, Ra- uh, Rick Jones, and he's some okay. kind of weird character. He gets She-Hulk, and they go up against all these intergalactic Marvel characters, dude. It's really fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. Check it out. 
And if you guys have never seen it, check it out too. I'm, I'm not sure if it's any, on Netflix or Hulu, but I'm sure you could find it. Um, Hulk if it's if, Agents of Shield, I bet you it's on. I bet, you it's, Smash, I bet you it's on Disney Disney Plus. I mean, everything Marvel's on there now. So okay. So one thing uh, uh, Joe Russo cited that uh, Seven and Fargo were influences on this film. So watch. You can tell. You, yeah, if you can, you know, watch and check, check some of the influences you'll see there. Let me ask you a question about this because I think a lot of people have said like you know the they like Civil War to a point and like oh what was the biggest weakness of this movie and they were like oh the villain I would I have to disagree because for what he does in this movie and how it ends he won he won like even he says it like towards the end too in that speech you know when we get there the guy won. So for what he was at this point, like he wasn't a big supervillain, he wasn't imposing, but what he did to the Avengers, he broke them up. Yeah, and you don't have to be a, a supervillain. You don't have to be yeah, all powerful like, like, to do that. People, I think they have this idea of what a villain's supposed to be, you know, big and scary and like imposing. This guy wasn't imposing. He was just smart, and he knew stuff. No, he wasn't Targaryen or whatever his name was, but. He didn't drink and know things. He just—I bet you he drank and he knows stuff. So oh. I'm sure you question about that. So, did you see the concept art of him with the uh, the Zemo mask on? Yes. Yeah. Look, look, look really good. I can't wait for that. Yeah, like uh, Anthony Russo basically called him an everyman because he's he's just he's he's a guy who just looks unassuming. You just wouldn't think of him as you know, the big bad villain. And that's sometimes what it takes to, to take a villain out or, you know, take a superhero out because they're overthinking it. They're looking at the bigger picture going, okay, what, what big thing is coming at me when in actuality it's something small and tiny and you just, they just overlook it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you, especially like you, you're probably one of your major ones, you know, you pretty much, you know, Batman, all of his characters don't have special powers. They have nope. tools, but probably the most unassuming is the Riddler. Yeah, you know yeah. he's not he he yes he's a little off his rocker, but you know he's he's a genius, and he puts other than his ego. If he could put his ego aside, he would have destroyed Batman hundreds of times. Yeah, 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 a long time ago. Even that Hush animated movie where he turns out to be, you know, spoilers if you haven't watched it, he's Hush. I didn't hate that. I was like, you know what? This is something the Riddler would do. The ego of the Riddler is so eccentric and out there that he wants to beat Batman so bad that he would do anything to do it and, you know, imitating a friend, so. Yeah, I love how he uh, tortures this guy. Me too. The Chinese water death, man. Oh, horrible scene. Reminds me of the uh, lethal weapon. <laughs> the look. Of, 
Look in Robert's face. Priceless. That's crazy. Eight years. So the uh, working title, you know, we always hear about the working titles of movies. Uh, working title for this was Sputnik. And Sputnik was also the trigger word for Winter Soldier's mind control. Very apropos. Man, something about Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Colin Yost is a very lucky guy right now. That's all I'm going to say. And he's a funny guy, too. Guy from Saturday Night Live. That's his, uh, her soon-to-be husband. So. <sighs> now, let me ask you this. He got that picture from the late from Alfie Woodard and like, you know, you killed my son. Do you think at this moment, instead of like thinking he's more reacting to what happened and sort of like thinking things through? I think with Tony, it's both okay. like he's get his reaction. He's reacting. So he's taking that emotional reaction and then thinking from there, he's not pausing and going, OK, let me let me think this through normally. It's it's that he's going with that gut reaction. He's always been that way. He's always been raw and emotional. We even see that. I mean, we see this here, but then we'll see it in two movies from now or three, you know, in Endgame. You know, and he he takes on the responsibility. And that's the one thing that's a little different from the books and the cartoons that Tony has a conscience more uh, he to me in the books in the in the in the cartoons he just never really had a conscience he was just just did things tony just yeah did him. yeah even you the know, animated he, series he, he just he, did stuff he, he had no yeah. it, there was no like you know no policing himself no conscience he just did it and yeah. he didn't care in this one he's got more they're showing more of the ego the whole point of him being yeah. Tony, be, knowing that and everybody knowing that he is iron man in the books iron man was a was a bodyguard for a long time yeah you know, and it was he was always hiding and didn't want to be part of this. He just wanted to do the thing, you know, wanted to be the hero, but didn't want to take the recognition or the take the baggage on it. And I think in in these movies, he's taken on more of the cap role with the conscience. Yes, yes. I was just going to say that I was waiting for you to say somebody to say it. He's more cap and cap is more Tony, which is kind of strange. They almost like flip the roles in this. Well, I don't know if they did that, you know, subconsciously or they just did it, but. <laughs> See, even in a heavy scene like this, they add that little humor. I like that. Oh. Yeah, this one. This is the uh, n another heart tug moment for. Oh yes, for Cap. I mean, and you're seeing. He, he, you know he's balling right now. They, they, they're not going to show it, but he's balling. 
Now, guys, pay attention to the speech made by Sharon Carter coming up at her at uh. No, no, no. At, what you need to be paying attention to is the crowd. Is Steve in the crowd? Oh yeah. No, is old Steve in the crowd? Oh, is he? No, I don't, I don't know. think he is. He should no. be. He should be. He should be. Yeah. I think he is. I think he's someone in the back. By the way, spoilers, man. We're not there yet. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. You should know this by now. I know. He should be. He should be in there somewhere. Sorry. He he's should be up way, front with the, way fa- in the back. He's he should be back. up front with the rest of the family mourning his wife. <laughs> but they, not, they had kids, right? She said they had kids. I I think so. And he's hitting on his great niece. Tapping at us. No, what I was saying, uh, the speech that Sharon gives right now is actually a speech that was taken from the Civil War comic that a cat said. Yes, yep. Is that Prince Charles? No, he's not that. Who is that? Like, th- th- that's a high ranking hierarchy right there Probably. in London. Or it could be one of the other colonies. All right. Is that Steve in the back? No. No, what's not him? Stop! Stop! <laughs> you you you're gonna make me look now. Don't don't do that. I know. You're gonna. I, I hate this. I know what you're trying to do, and now I'm gonna start looking now. You move. Ugh. I would cry too if Haley Atwell died. <laughs> you know, I started watching that uh, Agent Carter series from yep. the beginning, just for, for just for kicks. And series is not that bad. Like the first season is not bad. The second season, it's where like I had an issue. Like the beginning episode, it's like. So the whole first season, her through line is like, you know, she's a woman, but she can she can do anything a guy can do or better, right? And she was constantly fighting against that. And at the end of the season, they're like, oh, she's accepted. You know, she's basically one of us. The second season picks up, and they're trying to do the whole thing all over again. Oh, you're a woman. You can't do that. I'm like, wait a minute. Did we just do this thing in the first season? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this again? That's what kind of bugged me. Like, the character of Agent Carter is great, but the writing she had for season two, my God, those writers should be fired. Oh. Awful. Did her no justice. Well, this movie was number one, 2016. Uh, just barely squeaked by um, uh, the second place movie of the year was Rogue One, Star Wars Story. Another Disney property, by the yep, way. Disney property. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, you had Finding Dory. Another Disney property. Uh, another Disney property. Jesus. Uh, this is Utopia. It was number four. <laughs> Don't know about Zootopia, but uh, Jungle Book, Disney property. Oh, my God. Secret of Life of Pets, another Disney property. Can you do me a favor? Those top five films that you just mentioned, can you mention like their entire box off total? Uh, Well, Cap was $1.153 billion. Uh, Rogue One was $1.56 billion. Uh, Finding Dory was $1.28 billion. Zootopia, $1.23 billion. And then a big jump to for uh, Jungle Book was nine hundred and sixty six million. 
My God. So you talk, they almost had four films make a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to see that again for a while. Just yeah, letting people yeah. know. Yeah. You won't, like, yeah. those numbers are done. Now, the rest of the mo- movies of that year, you had, again, you had, uh, same year, you had Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, Fantastic Beasts, Verse One, Deadpool, Number One, and Suicide Squad. Those were the top 10. Um, the only other Marvel movie released that year was Doctor Strange, and that didn't come in until uh, number 11. <laughs> And how much did Doctor Strange make? Like seven hundred? Uh, no, six, well, almost six seventy-seven. You know, it's funny that we didn't. I'm sorry. Before I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I'm just thinking about the Black Panther movie right now. When I see T'Challa talk to T'Chaka, and I think about that scene with T'Chaka, young T'Chaka, you find out how come Killmonger is Killmonger. I'm yeah. like, I always think about the young, like what he did to his brother. I'm like, wow. I just, I just wanted like subliminally if he knew that when he was touching his son's face, he's like, yeah, you know, to be a good king and all that. Oh no, he he was. Yeah, it's. I mean, he he was he was doing the the Lion King thing. He, you know, he was. That's right, he was. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't think of that. Oh, it's a panther. That's a hell of an explosion. So I guess he didn't take his his panther juice that morning, huh? I guess not. He one. was almost there, by the way. He no, was I was talking close. about his dad. He his dad was black oh, panther. His, so. no, his dad probably wasn't taking the juice anymore. Yeah, see. He was off the juice. He's done. The panther juice. It's like Viagra. Yeah, the, the that by the way came out of a flower in a cave. Yeah. Just saying. Do you remember how T'Chaka died in the comics? No, no. Natural causes. Oh, really? He died in his yes. yeah. It was he died in his deathbed, and that's how he passed on the mantle of Black Panther. It, this never like this is all about movie stuff, but I, you know, which is fine. That's your great niece, you pervy old bastard. <laughs> Leave him alone. She's hot. She did a horror movie, a long... Or am I think of somebody else who looks like her? It was a weird pervo movie. It was like it was like her, if I'm mistaken, you know, please correct me, or somebody who looked like her. And she had a brother, and basically they were in this house, and they were being, like, basically almost creeped out by a stepfather. I forgot the name of the movie. You guys can tell me. I'm the describing something see, that's out uh, there. She Ether- did Lost and, Deli- and Delirious, No Good Deed. Different loyalty. She was in Ring One and Two. Black Irish Carriers. Norman. I have to look it up. I have to look it up. Yeah, she we'll doesn't. She, she doesn't have a long. Uh, I mean, she's only been since two thousand one, and she hasn't really done a lot. Uh, more TV, it looks like, than anything. Well, she did that revenge TV show. So, who? Now, how did the? Let me ask uh, you a question. How did the, the news correspondents know he's the Winter Soldier? Like, it could be the, hey, man, that's Bucky Barnes. And by the way, he's been dead for 70 years. Oh, did they say? I didn't hear that. Did they say Bucky Yeah, Barnes they said the Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. like. Well, they probably knew. Uh, they probably have heard of the Winter Soldier, but they don't know it's Bucky, right? I mean, would the biggest story be like, wait a minute, Bucky Barnes is alive? He's well, got to be over like 90 years old or 100. But did they say Bucky the Winter Soldier? or did they Yes, they did. They, did. they oh. said Bucky Barnes the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That would be the big thing for me. Like, wait a minute, yeah, this terrorist attack. But by the way, he's over a hundred. Why does he look like this? Sorry. <laughs> I 
he did a movie recently, which is the the Russo brothers produced it. It was called uh, Twelve Bridges. Wasn't a bad movie. Wasn't no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't great, <laughs> but it wasn't horrible. I'll just I'll put it like that. I will take care of it myself. Man, he's got those Top Gun glasses on there. Who's the best fire pilot there, Maverick? Damn. Well, it's true. My money's on cap, too. I love how they're the boys, man. They're just like, you know what? If you're going to fuck up, I'm going to fuck up with you. That's a boy, man. That's your boy right there. Even if you're right or wrong, he's like, I'm with you, bro. See, Captain wouldn't do that for me. He'd be like, yeah, guess what? He's over here. Arrest his ass. No, I'd help you out of the body. <laughs> I'd hit you with the back of the head with one of the arms that I was doing. It. I, th- yes, I mean, that I believe. That I believe. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it for free. You know, I mean, not oh, put, I not know put you, you, not put you I, through I, something. I know, I know, I know. You'd be like, hey, man, uh-uh. That is interesting. What's that? Uh, Damien Poiter, who was one of Crossbones' mercenaries. Uh, Wasn't he Thanos? Yes, he was Thanos in the Avengers before Josh Brolin was cast. I did not know that. He barely had a, well, he had a scene. Still, it wasn't Brolin all the way through. No, it wasn't. By the way, Damien Portier is a huge geek, by the way. Huge. He's a huge X-Men fan. I heard him on the podcast. It was probably two months ago. And he's talking about like his uh, how he hated the X-Men movies because, you know, they're not the X-Men movies. He's like, I love Professor X. and I love Magneto, but the rest of the X-Men suck because they were doing a watch along to the first X-Men movie. I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. I mean, I mean, Wolverine is good, but, you know. You just got to realize the time when it happened. I mean, these are just yeah, but pe- you people also have ne- to realize. No, you're right. I agree with you on that point. But you have to realize these guys are the ones who, who they're hardcore. They read those comics like that's not my ex. And like there's a girl out there. She's a podcaster. She's called Comic Book Girl, I think, 23 or 24. And she's a huge X-Men mark. And she hates every X-Men movie. Doesn't get any credit. Like This is not the X-Men I grew up with. She's not very. She doesn't appreciate what they got. Yeah, she does, and that's, and that's that's all on her. Which, which she, sucks. She's gonna, which sucks. Yeah, she's gonna, you know, be the bitter old woman one day. Yeah, she's gonna, not like. She, yeah, she's gonna boil in that hate. I mean, you right. have to appreciate what you, you have. Gotta, like, gotta dude, open your open your mind and realize they can't take that. 
page and slap it onto the big screen. It's not going to do the same. You don't have well, her, those people. Her, her argument was like, you know, when I read the comics, it felt in a certain way. And when I watched the movies, I didn't feel that way. I'm like, duh. <laughs> duh. Of course you're not. You read the comics. Of you're, course they're going to hit you a certain way because you're reading it from your perspective. Yeah, not only that. But, how you're but, feeling, what you're going through. Well, not only that, but it's your first, your first time reading it. What's your age? You're just so many things will affect yeah, you differently the, when you watch it. You know, I, again, I, I went and saw Empire Strikes Back. I didn't have the same giddiness the first time I saw it in the theater. I had fun. I appreciated it. But you know, I, didn't, I didn't recapture that moment. I didn't expect to recapture that moment either. Yeah, folks like that just like I, I feel I feel they, sorry they for bug- them on the on you know what then you're not going to enjoy things. Then yeah, you just, just, just like, sit there and read your books and don't go out and see anything and just don't don't and, be naked and, about it. And here's the perfect example to just to be a parallel to that argument as well. It's like I watched the Batman trailer today twice. I did not like it. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna watch it. Doesn't mean I'm gonna shit on it. Like I to me, that's not the Batman that I feel should be on screen. But I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to support it. Oh, that's a, that, did you see that? That is a super soldier right there. That quick reaction where he hits it with the shield, puts it under the shield. Like little things like that, I love. It just shows like, yeah, these guys are military. They're trained. But these guys are super soldiers. They're like five soldiers with one. You know, it's we didn't we didn't choose it to be on the Infinity Saga list, unfortunately. But um, you know, one of my favorite movies I think I've talked about a nauseam is Winter Soldier, and I keep thinking of that fight scene between you know Cap and the Winter Soldier. There's like three of them, and they're all good. Like the first one is like a little bit of a fight, a hint. Then you get another one. Then you get the last one, which is on the, one of the helicarriers, and so well done. I mean, I wish they could have made the cut, but you know, I tried. But yeah. I tried. I mean, it is a good movie. I mean, that's it. I, it is like those scenes that you just mentioned are the main reasons I love that movie. But you know, I understand why they didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, you had a, you really had a fight for that argument. But you're right. In the end, you're right. So that's right, kids. I, I said the captain is right, and he loves that. Don't make a T-shirt of it. So I'm sure. Ain't the first or last time. <laughs> Now, does Bucky have the super soldier syndrome in uh, syndrome serum in him, or is it like a version that Hydra created? I think it's the version that Hydra created. Okay. And then put him under hypnosis as well. All right. I was always trying to figure that out. Ooh, what a great intro. The fight scenes in this movie are just incredible. Like they make Black Panther fight like Black Panther. (laughs) 
Yeah, see, nowadays I'll never question fighting styles. I think they've got it down pat to where, hey, you know what, they've there are so many different fighting styles out there. No, and you're right. I, I, just, that, I, I just appreciate yeah. it. Like they, they throw little nuances in. Like when Black Panther fights, he has very cat-like instincts. And when uh, Cap and you know Bucky fight, they're more soldiery. They're more military style. And you can see that in it. I mean, just like little things. I, I just notice things like that, especially in fight scenes. I think John Wick turned me on like fight choreography and all that stuff. So whenever I see a movie that has like fight scenes, you know, I kind of appreciate them more. This is all running scene. That's all it is. Running. How fast are they going? 15 miles per hour? I'm uh, pretty sure those cars are going faster than 15 on a road. Yeah. So I'm thinking like four. Yeah. See, Cap's an old man. He don't want to run anymore. I know he's running a little bit slow. I mean, the Chala and like freaking Bucky, they're going. Oops. Oh, that's cool. Look at didn't miss a beat. This reminds me of the Holland Tunnel. You know, I grew up in New Jersey, and um, when we used to go see my grandmother, we used to go to the Holland Tunnel every Sunday to go see her, and this reminds me of the Holland Tunnel a lot. I mean, I didn't have superheroes fighting in a tunnel, but, you know. I don't think Black Panther wins any fights in this movie, but he doesn't lose any. I guess I could just say that. Kind of makes his presence known. Uh oh. Come on, the child, you got to keep that helmet on. Yeah, you better stand down, guys. You're kind of cooked. I don't know about you, but I kind of like the practical look for Black Panther's costume. They want the CGI in his movie, and like after that, I no, like no, this, this is better. a this is a mix of practical it mix? and yeah, it's a mix okay. up, yeah. Before they went to all CGI, I didn't like the all CGI one.
again, another good moment right here. You get the hint of Vision and the Scarlet Witch getting together. Simple little scene. Just cooking. That's it. I don't know why Vision is wearing like a you know turtleneck, but hey. Well, it's, okay. it, it's, it's actually from the 1940s Cary Grant's attire. Is it? Okay. Because yeah. you always got to think back when they when you look at like what vision does in the comic books in his life after Scarlet Witch, it's very leave it to beaver 1940s style. Yes, yes, yes. You, you yeah, and we're, yeah. we're definitely going to see that when when the uh, when WandaVision, when, when comes, WandaVision out, yeah. comes out, you're definitely going to see more and more of that. But yeah, that's that's kind of I think that's some of what they did. Because this is not them married. They don't get married, but in the comic books they were at least married for a few years before it all went to shit mm, shit went to hell yeah you know you're right too Elizabeth Olsen I mean I know she's like you know the third sister of the Olsen twins but I I mean I don't sound like sexist but the, I think she looks better than her sisters I, she, I, I do think she's the prettier of the. Yeah, of the, there's something about like I know they're all the same, but there's just something about. Well, they're not she all looks, the same. The first two are twins, and then she's a. Yeah, yeah she, but she still has same. that Olsen face. Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. Is she the older or the younger? I think she's the younger. Man, she's just. You got to, you got to realize. I mean, the younger ones in the brand, like in the '80s, they were kids. Mm-hmm. And here she's got to be in her twenties, so you got to think, you know. There's just something about her. Man. She was probably oh. born in the born in the nineties. You know, I worried when they made uh, when they were bringing Scarlet Witch in and Vision, you know, because that's an important relationship. And you have to make sure those two actors make it work because if there's no chemistry, it doesn't work. And, you know, this was the first movie that actually, there actually, there's a hint, hint of a romance. And you can see they actually have chemistry. I mean, watch like the first Thor movie, Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth, no chemistry. Terrible. I, I, I hate to say it because I love her as an actress. I just think it's Natalie. <laughs> you think so? I think, okay. think about one, of the, one. You tell me a movie she's been in with good with with good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Look, it. I was I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm just. I always say. I was, I was hoping you were going to bring it up, but I was. No, I'm not. Right. I'm not you're bringing exactly. up anything. I'm just saying. Look no, at her. I, look at her. Well, look at her career I'm, and look at her. Her you know her body of work and I don't ever think of her as a as like a love interest in any movies. And it's funny, like the big movies that she's been in, like Thor and Star Wars, like she doesn't do well. She does well in those, in those smaller indie films. Like even the, in The Professional, she was great. And yeah. she was like a little kid. She's great in all of them. It's just there's well, never a chemistry those... with her co-stars. And again, I'm not saying it's her, but just look at her body of work and mm -hmm. you just kind of put two and two together. What's the old saying? Quacks like a duck, walks like a duck. And it just may be that just, you know, it's it's tough for some people. I mean, actors can try to act like they have chemistry, but chemistry is what we call it. Chemistry. It's it, it's something natural that you're going to see in, in in that. And maybe she just doesn't feel that way outwardsly towards 
anybody else other than the person she's in a relationship with. And that's, I mean, I can kind of, uh, uh, you know, agree with that. Yeah, you could sympathize with it. But, you know, if you if you want to make money. <laughs> yeah, she's I mean, making she's made a career. Sense. I mean, she's made a career. I'm just saying. If you Bilbo! What's going on? Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. You know, I was waiting for you to have, like, the drop from, you know, Leonard Nimoy singing Bilbo Baggins. We don't need that in our life right now. Yes, we do. Really yes, we do. Guys, I'm going to put a poll up on the page. Yeah, you put your poll up. You know what you can do I with it. I will put the poll up. <laughs> we need the Leonard Nimoy Bilbo Baggins song as one of our drops. But I have faith people will agree with me. So this is kind of cool. You know, you, we were talking about like during the uh, DC fandom, they were talking about like, the Batman, the voices that the voice actors that do Batman. But um, for the uh, d- uh, for the German version of this movie, uh, Daniela Bruhl actually overdubbed himself. Oh, the, really? Yeah, yeah. Because he plays Zemo, he speaks German, so. They just hired him to overdub his own self. I wonder if he got two paychecks for that. I bet you he did. I would. Mm. That's two, two, doing twice the work. Yeah. You got to go into a studio and do everything. So he had, he had to do those lines all over again? All I mean, over again. Well, it's just not like he's not, not like it's a, you know, a two-hour movie of him just talking. So. I know. I'm just saying. like He's basically just... Would, honestly, that but, would be better because it would be easier for him because he remembers the emotions he was emoting that day. We're doing it, and then he can do it because that's the one thing when watching that Batman voiceover thing. Some of them didn't have the emotion behind it that you would, you know, you would expect, especially the French version. It sounded very weird. I I have to watch that. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was watching was the uh, the little interludes with him and um, Future Batman when they're that's just Batman Beyond. Yeah, that was. was Oh my god, that's so gold. And by the way, that that is the original voice of Batman Beyond too. That's or um, Terry McGinnis. That's a uh, Will Freddy. So yeah, you had you had Will Fer- uh, Fer- Freddy, and you also had yeah. um, uh, shoot, just to a blank, uh, Kevin Conroy. Ke- Kevin Conroy. Yeah, he yeah. was on there as well. So it was great that they brought everybody back. You had Roger Dietrich and uh, Will Arnett, and th- oh god, oh Will, god, Will was all over that fucking thing. Oh, I think Will I think he I think he had four four guest spots. Will was all over that place today. I was shocked, and I like Will Arnett too, but he was everywhere. That whole thing when he was introing the uh, Suicide Squad game, oh my god, so good. By the way, guys, if you haven't watched, I mean, as we record this, I'm not sure when you've listened to it, but if you get a chance and you're bored, watch the DC fandom. I mean, you could pick whatever segment you watch and. I think one of the biggest complaints I had about Comic-Con at home this year was like, it just, it was good, but it wasn't great. But, you know, they didn't have time to prepare, obviously. But, you know, DC had time to prepare and they made the most of it. That's all I'm going to say. They took every single little thing, comics, movies, TV shows, and just made it so interactive. It wasn't live, but it was the way, the presentation of it overall it made you feel like, oh my god, I'm a part of this. I don't know. I think some may have been live, but I think the bulk. I don't bulk think a lot of, of them was, were live. I was yeah. looking for some live chats, and there wasn't any. So maybe on your side there was, but we were watching at different times. So I don't know. I had the wrong schedule. But it, you know, like I said, it just it was so well done. And like going forward, like when you know, hopefully, God willing, the whole COVID thing does die down, and we will get to you know see each other in person again. But they should still do like a version of this. 
they really should like, you know, hey, we're going to do this presentation one weekend and then like the next weekend it's all going to be like virtual for the people who couldn't be there. I think we talked about it. like they could make a version like, you know, they charge a certain price for the weekend because I would totally buy it. Like if this DC fit, if they charge money for this DC fandom, I would have totally bought it. Yeah, I would have as well. Now, really now that I, I know what the they money. now I know what they can do. I yeah, definitely would. But again, yeah, I mean, you you got to realize they got they got WB money behind it, and WB was all over the place uh, hacking their stuff and, and hawking their 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 wares. So, because you had a you had a you know you had a a guest appearance by Chris Daughtry who was like, where did he come from? Where's he been? Where's yeah, exactly. He been? And he's he's a, he's, <laughs> a w, he's a Warner Brothers uh you know music music artist. So guess what? Got a little promotion out of that. Uh, CNN ha- had their little uh, thirty-minute segment. Whoever thought the idea of this DC fandom is brilliant, like really, like it, it included like every single chapter of. I mean, I mean, obviously, comic book characters and DC characters and CNN, as you just said, but like it threw in like the the essential workers out there, like little kids making masks, and like it hit on every level, every level. But sorry, we'll talk about that at a future podcast. <laughs> Bird Do you think this movie is similar? I mean, the Russos did it, of course. But do you think it's similar? Like it grabs element out of when I mean it. It adds element out of Winter Soldier and things to come as far as the Russos go. Because after they do the Civil War, they're doing Infinity War. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, there's... Well, I don't know. Because, I mean, this could stand alone without it other than Tony's emotion. You know, and their... And their tension. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I mean, I see some of Infinity War's problems here, you know, especially about what happens by the time we get to the end of the movie, you know, where everybody is. And then you know, Infinity War happens. If they were all still one unit, we may have seen we may have seen a different version. Yeah, because I see a lot of you know, obviously the last movie was Winter Soldier they made. I'm just trying to think if there's like some future elements that you can see happening on the horizon that goes into Infinity War. Like I said, other than the, the relationship between the Avengers themselves, that's the only thing I can see. What was that? That, that kind of freaked me out when he opened the package like that. What the hell happened to this dude? Electromagnetic pulse. Hmm. 
That's going to be freaking him out right now. With the trigger questions. This is a very frightening scene. It kind of reminds you of the movie called The Manchurian Candidate. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Um, similar in tone as far as that scene goes. And then you have this element right here where they're walking into the room and basically everyone's been laid out. I mean, this is this has been done a thousand times in other movies, but, you know. That's funny. Right now, Daniel Brule basically calls himself out and says, hey, man, I'm the bad guy in this movie. But Bucky's under his control. Once again, the fight scenes between him and Cap. Hmm. Come on, man. You're Bilbo Baggins. Just get the ring and you'll be all right, man. I have the ring. And Cap's going to take the shirt off. Go to go to work. frightening and that's a cool moment there he basically has to shoot him see i think right now in that moment where tony basically throws his arm out with a gun i think he's he's developing that uh technology as far as like the um the nano the nanotechnology oh black widow again yeah it's probably one of my favorite uh fight scenes is that uh that little scene with him and tony yeah it's just nonchalant Once again, different fighting styles. We're going out there again. And I, I love the uh, the CGI they do on his arm. I think it's it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. 
I mean, we have seen like metal CGI before. I mean, if you you know X Men with with uh, Colossus, but yeah, there's something a little different about that. Agreed. So I like the fact that we have this scene right here, and usually in the comic books, they're going to be wearing their costumes, like you know. Bucky's going to be wearing the Winter Soldier gear, Cap and his Cap gear. But we just have, like, two guys wearing T-shirts and, like, they have their civilian clothes on. And it's still Cap versus Bucky. Well, he had to work out for a couple months to get that strength. There we go. Ugh. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. See, my only, issue, my only issue with that whole scene, he had to jump up to get to the helicopter, right? Yeah. So he has, does that mean his body weighs enough to pull the helicopter down so he can put his feet down? Mm. That's, got, that's got nothing to do with strength. <laughs> just, so that's why I was like, no, wait, wait, how could he jump up? He had to jump up to grab it. So he was five feet off the ground. And somehow his weight brought down the helicopter, or he said it's one of those yeah, one of those questionable one. like, ah, okay, Was you just got to go with it. Yeah, I guess so, like some of the logic you tell me, I just have to go with it. You guys got to go with it, I guess. In this scene right here, when because I kept thinking, oh, he's calling his wife up. What's going on? Like, you know. And you find out later what happens. Kind of makes sense what he's doing. Well, to him. Oh, sorry about that, folks. So yeah, uh, Tom Hiddleston um, made a comment about he confessed that even though he didn't appear in the film, it contained one of his favorite moments in the uh, cinematic universe uh, with the helicopter scene we were just talking about that uh, he, he emphasized. Uh, he's like, I mean, Chris Evans does bicep curls with a helicopter. If you don't love that, we can't be friends.
And here we're getting introduced now to the other Winter Soldiers. And the uh, female that's there, actually, she was uh, one of the stunt doubles for Scarlett Johansson, and I believe it was, I believe it was Iron Man Two. Now we get that backstory to what the Winter Soldier program is, and like, I guess that Bucky's the one who's kind of succeeded, and the other ones kind of failed in a way. To me, it almost looks like he's a, he's probably. the training because he he was he was a he was a Winter Soldier during the fifties and sixties and seventies. This is the new Winter Soldiers. Okay. So to me, that's what I see. It, it's as if it's as if if uh, Caps worked and the United States was training new ones, Cap would be the trainer. But these guys seem to have a little, you know, anger issue. Mm-hmm. Just a little one. You know, there's another character that did not show up in this movie either. That's like a staple to MCU. We did not see uh, Nick Fury at all. No, no. He could have shown up in this movie, too. He said he was supposed to, but the uh, executive producer, Nate Moore, stated that uh, Fury was not included because it didn't have anything to do with Civil War story. They were telling, but he was. Uh, yeah, but you still could have shown him up there and like the operations board. He's, he's espionage and all that stuff. He's I'm trying to remember where he was at this point. We, were, we had had um, had shield already fallen. So was he already mm. out? Was he already on the outskirts? I think shield already fall, had fallen. Yes, because it, it was there, so it was during yeah, he left after after Winter Soldier. Yeah. That's when he's at the grave, and he's like, you know, yeah, so, he posts like that line. You know, so yeah, Jules so now Byrne. now now he's underground. So I, yeah, I guess I can kind of yeah. understand so, that. I guess yeah. it makes sense. That's kind of interesting that uh, the, uh, the movie revealed that Bucky Barnes had been hiding in uh, Budapest at the beginning, which is where, which is in Romania. And well, Sebastian Shaw is Romanian American. Uh, he was oh, bo- he? he was born in Romania, actually, and raised there until he was about eight. So in the first scene in the set in uh, Budapest, where Bucky's buying fruit from the street market, he is mm-hmm. actually speaking Romanian uh, perfectly because that's what he was brought up with. Again, I still think he would be perfect because I know that's like a little dirty wish from uh, from a lot of um, a lot of fans out there. That I mean, to he, be a, he, be, he to be perhaps in another Disney property. Yeah, you should try to say, sir. Yeah. 
because yeah, I mean he just he's a spinning image. I know it's frightening, and you think about it because well, I think I saw that image. I'm not sure if you shared it. it was a while ago, and I think oh that's young Mark Hamill, and they're like no it's not. Yeah, I'm like really. I go, that's Sebastian Shaw or Stan. I'm sorry, Sebastian Shaw. Who's, who's the hell is Sebastian Shaw? Mm, oh my God. Sure. I, I see Robert Downey and Marissa Turing together. Yep. What is that one movie? Was it they, they, they fell in love and perish or they, something? They, no, they were in two movies uh, Only the Lonely and um, uh, Chaplin. They were in together. They were in Chaplin? Yep. See, I didn't know that. They weren't in Chaplin as love interests, but they were in Chaplin together. And they, okay. they're, they're both in there. Uh, now, Tom Holland has the record of being the youngest and actually the only live action Spider-Man to be in his teens. He was 19 when he was filming this. You know, it's funny. People like they, you know, right away when they saw him as Spider-Man, oh, that's the most accurate Spider-Man of all time. And mm-hmm. he's, it's young and, you know with the fans and critics that would happen. You know, I agree. I agree with that. But however, excuse me, a little, <clears throat> you know, Andrew and Toby did not do a bad job. I can't say they were awful. They weren't. No, they were just different versions of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like this is the more, I guess you would call it the more common comic accurate Spider-Man because yeah, he is younger. Yep. I mean, he's one of the, um, the series you turned me on to, which is ultimate Spider-Man. He reminds me of that Spider-Man. Like very eerily so. So now that costume is a hint or reminiscent of another Spider-Man costume. Just invert the colors. Ooh, um, go off the Scarlet Spider. Is is it the Scarlet Spider? Invert those colors. Blue chest, red arms. Yeah. And Tom Holland did an audition tape with another Marvel alum to get this part. Because they were filming a movie together. Ooh. And he got his role, and then this other person got another role. Hmm. They were in a movie together called Pilgrimage, and they happened to be on set, and they decided they decided to do uh, set made audition tapes together. Oh, 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 um, oh, wasn't he in a movie with Daisy Ridley? Don't make me punish you, sir, for not knowing this. I, I, I it's completely skipping my mind. Right oh now. my God! I just gave you a hint. Don't make me punish no, you. Yeah, no, you know what? I'm going to send you a text. I'm going I'm I'm to tell you why. Because. Hold on. So that's my excuse. Oh, okay. So. Tom Holland did a movie together with another person. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you um, not as good as I used to, but I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Um, he did a movie with John Berthel or Bernthal. Oh, Bernthal? Yeah. yeah. Punisher. Punisher. Gotcha. Yeah. Punisher. So they did an audition tape together. What movie was he auditioning for? This. 
Bernthal no. was auditioning with him? No, he, he, Tom Holland and Bernthal did a audition tape together for <sighs> this, for Tom Holland to get the movie. But when they saw it, they liked him so well, they drifted him over to The Punisher. Really? See, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, you can. You can go to Germany. <laughs> That's a creepy sight, by the way, seeing vision just floating. Actually, uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually took Tom Holland under his wing because uh, he commented uh, that on his uh, screen test for Spider-Man, mm -hmm. saying that Robert Downey Jr. took him to his side and said, hey, listen, I remember my screen test as Iron Man. I remember how terrified it was. Just think of it as an audition. There's nothing to be scared about. If we get it wrong, we'll just start again. No pressure. <laughs> That's comfortting from another actor to another. Yeah. Just like, hey, man, it's cool. Especially to be the, the, the lead. I mean, you got to think he is, you know the the father of the Marvel movies when it comes to the actors. Yeah, you think you'd be you think you'd be kind of douchey at that point, like, oh, this guy it sucks. Get to get to the next one, but for him to father him like that, that's actually kind of cool. He also did a, a screen test with um with Chris Evans too to just to test the the chemistry. Yay! There's Hawkeye. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Vision doesn't look that powerful when we get to see him next time. What was the explanation they gave that when he couldn't phase? Do you do you recall that? I mean, I know I'm thinking ahead. We're thinking about like when we get to November, but I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. When we get there, remind no, me. When, yeah, when we get there, you know, just I'm trying to think, like, what was the reason why when he was fighting Corvus Glaive and Corvus Glaive stabbed him, he's like, I couldn't phase. Maybe he had been moving around too much. I, I don't know. I have to go yeah, back to that, just, to that when scene. When we get there, we get there. I'm just trying to just kind of just ponder on me. Because it's something similar. Um, what was it? Uh, um, Riddick. 
Yeah. Uh, if you remember in Riddick, where where when he became the the the, the keeper of the of the uh, death guys, uh, when he killed the, the the magistrate, the magistrate had an option of which way to go. He had to he had to re become become you know corporal again, and so either it was you know to go into the knife of of Riddick or go into the blade of you know of of the other other villain. And our first introduction to uh, the Black Panther's bodyguard. Oh yeah. Who uh, to me uh, an epic badass. Oof. Yes, she is. And here we have one of the best scenes. I wonder if they made the Bucky and the Winter Soldier series based on this scene right here. That and they're actually. Before the movie, they were really good friends. Oh, are they? So this chemistry, it, it, it'd be like you and I busting each other's balls. You well, know, just, to, time, I mean, so. it's, so it, it, it that, that basically it was an easy transition for them to go, okay, there was that chemistry on film. They're good friends. They know each other. They're able to translate that over. That's your niece. Oh, no. Is that kind of incense sort mm -hmm. of? Incest, but you know, you're going to need some incense afterwards. <laughs> yes, folks, that's why we make this the R rated version of the show. <laughs> Love the fact that you're just looking at it like, oh, yeah, these are all explicit. <laughs> Out of all the cars to steal, by the way, why you had to steal Bumblebee. Well, that's not Bumblebee. That's Bumblebee's brother. <laughs> that's, that's the blue bl bluebird. Bluebird. <laughs> and here we go. We see the formation of the Avengers. With the yeah, with one yeah. of the finally one of the original ones finally joining the team. <laughs> one of my favorite versions, by the way. I love Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd does a great job. Paul Rudd can do no wrong in my book. Paul Blood will always look like the same guy that he was in Clueless. And he still does. Or, or Phoebe's uh, boyfriend during Friends. I mean, you got to remember that as well. No, that's true. I mean, a lot of people forget about that, that he was on there. <laughs> and, you th and you thought Spider-Man was more of a fanboy. Yeah, he's more fanboy, big time. It'll never happen again. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of the Ant-Man movie, by the way. And by the way, that's one of the movies we'll be, we'll be doing, I believe, in October? No, in no. November we're doing that one. Yeah, I believe so. That was a weird choice to do Ant Man and the Wasp, but it made sense for the overall through line. For the yeah, for the through line, you had we had to had to do it. He like said, "We'll get to all the ones we missed eventually." Yeah, we'll get to them, like you know, down the road. But finally, he's in his suit, guys. Here we are, an About hour time. and a half into an Avengers 
MCU, let me rephrase that, MCU movie, and we finally get Cap. Or we finally get Iron Man. And we get we get Black Panther too. Do you remember we, we've discussed oftentimes about the build to movies, like you know, you know, building blocks. You know, it could be like a little scene here and there, but it'll build to the next movie, build to the next movie, yeah. build to the next movie. When they finally go at it, there's a build to it that I oh great, great intro by the way, yeah, Spider Man. Oh, and he has a Steve, the Steve Ditko eyes. Yep. Oh, yeah, Ramita. I mean, when and I saw Ramita this video, Ditko I was together, going yeah. geeky. That yeah, might this have been the movie that we saw together when we were in that empty theater. No, I oh yeah, this was the one. Yeah, yeah, because well, yeah. there was nobody in there but our six or seven friends that came with us. That's it. There's a picture actually on Facebook. If you go to my personal page and you'll see it, and uh, or Captain's page, it's just us six. We had the whole theater ourselves. You should po- you should po- send that to me so I can post that one when we post the. Uh, I will. I, 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 when I, I post this it. one, yeah, find it for me and send it to me. But like I was saying, like the build to like, you know, the animosity with, you know, Cap and Tony, like it's, it was building for a while and it stopped, but it builds, but now it's like, it's heightened. And then later on, we'll see, it'll get more heightened. Probably one of the best action <laughs> love, scenes this as far is, as like comic book yeah, panels come to this life. Whole, this whole next series, they're just this whole battle scene is immense. Because here we get every battle scene we've ever wanted or have seen in the books all in one massive, you know, fight. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think people don't recall, I mean, because I guess they haven't seen Spider-Man on screen. Um, this is 2016. Yep. The last Spider-Man movie was like, well, wait, was that like two years? Like 2014 was the last one or 2013? 13. Thirteen. I'm not think. sure. But Spider-Man is one of the most powerful, you know, heroes in all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So when he's able to like, you know, stop Bucky's arm from hitting him, it's not a, like a joke. But not only that, but we're seeing Spider-Man for the first time being Spider-Man. We're seeing mm. the the chatty guy because that was the thing with spider-man he talked through fights he he, his his battle wasn't just physical his battle was a mental one too because he was constantly berating that person (laughs) 
Yeah, this this whole this thing, the scene with Spider Man, Bucky, and and uh, Falcon were just. This is you know great. basically this is Tom Holland's audition tape for him mm-hmm. to get Spider Man. I mean, literally, like this scene, like this whole little sequence. You know, I've been waiting so for so long for like the Kevin Feige version of Spider Man, and I loved it. Because this is a Spider-Man I grew up with. This is like the one who had the big Again, spider in the back. This is not, this is not Kevin Feige. This is not Steve Kevin Feige Spider-Man. This is Sony Spider-Man. People huh? forget. This is... This is Sony. <laughs> no, you're right, by the way. Ouch. <laughs> I love Rudy's response. Oh, come on. Now the for you um, for you Arrested Development fans, keep an eye out the stair uh, van or truck that is in Arrested Development for the the Bluth company is actually in this movie. Is it here? It's here. Well, it's a it's a it's a stair. Oh, it's there. Is it right there. I just saw it. Yeah, I think. it's it's the stair. It's you'll you'll see it a few a few more times, but that is actually from a, from the television show Arrested Development. And again, another great scene where they edit somebody out that isn't in there when they show the trailer. Because in the trailer, mm-hmm. we did not see Spider-Man. Nope, you did not. That's great editing. You're right. And they did the same thing for, uh, was it Infinity Wars or Infinity Endgame? With the Hulk. With the Hulk, yeah. I couldn't remember which movie it was that they did it on, but... Yeah, all the way in the back. Yeah, look this at the the, the, the stair truck. Splash page come to yep. life right here. Before we saw Infinity War and you know and the uh, end game, this was probably the best like overall fight sequence. Splash this page still that I've ever seen is in my for life. me. Even I know I'm gonna piss some people off. I'll probably piss you off, but the the whole Avengers Assemble thing was just overdone for me. To me, this is it. This is yeah, the comic book. Yeah, that one yeah. was like a that wet dream, more, like more- gone bad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love this Scarlet Spider or Scarlet Witch calls him out. She does. She's like pulling your punches. Pulling your punches, man. But yeah, no, I I just think the 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 Infinity. I mean, it's great goosebumps all around when it happened, but that massive battle was just too much. This is something I can you can focus on and keep track of what's going on, and it's got. Everybody's sort of interacting think, with everybody else. I think, I, you know, everything you just said, you're right. Because I think that end game scene, you know, where they're all coming together, that's more of like a, that's more like a, like a, basically a big to the fans. Like, Hey, you wanted this. Yeah. We're going to give you this. This more is like, yeah, I love this more better. Cause it's more intimate. It's a big fighting scene. Like the other one's like so huge. You get lost in it. 
and the Avengers Assemble thing was kind of cool. But this is more like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, the, yeah, the Avengers Assemble was, what, was something we've been building for, for, you know, forever. I mean, for, <laughs> for, for a decade, just that scene alone. This scene here with uh, Ant-Man on uh, Hawkeye's uh, arrow is actually straight from the comic books. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I would dare say this is probably the better fighting scene than Endgame. That was the one thing I was, you know, when even when I watched the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, I liked it. I owned all, the first three on Trilogy on DVD. The Andrew Garfield wasn't bad. But the one thing I always wish they had, and I'm, I'm, I'm old school, I go back to the 60s animated series that I watched, was I wanted the eyes to be squinting and to be like, you know, kind of like Deadpool's eyes. You know, They squint and go back and they, yeah. there's animation to them. I always wanted that in Spider-Man. And this is the first movie that I actually got that Spider-Man. Like, oh, this is a Spider-Man I grew up with. Well, yeah, but the technology, the technology wasn't the, there that's yet. That's the animation. That's the Spider-Man yeah. I know of. I, I mean, if the technology was there at the time, I, I'm sure Sam Raimi would have done it. So I don't, I don't, wouldn't blame it on anybody else. But the time that was made really is mm -hmm. all it comes down to. No, you're right. I'm just saying overall, I have I, that's the one thing I want. Like we all have our like our personal preferences and the kind of characters that we want. You know, we we visualize one thing when we're reading something, and then when we see it on screen, like that's not quite what it is. I'll go back to the Batman trailer again, but um, this is a Spider-Man like I envisioned, and it's right here in front of me. Yeah, I mean, as I, mean, I know it's the newest one, and I'm sure the next one I'll say it, but I, to me, this Spider-Man is Spider-Man. The others it were is. great versions of it, but this, he is the best one. He fits the age. He fits the personality because he's talkative. He's, it's all about, you know, uh, it's he's the ultimate fanboy in a battle. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that, that and just that's what to, he is. Yeah, that's what he is. He's always been that way. He's always been the ultimate fanboy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you giant man. Oh, that was the moment I was I freaked out. I was like, oh my God. I think I hit you. <laughs> I did. I was like, Captain, look, it's giant man. And you just and you sat back, you folded your arms, you just laughed. That's all you did. I, I think I, I love this pet. I, I you know who really does who sells this whole thing for me? Who? It's not Spider Man. Rody. Rody is the everyday guy stuck in this battle. His okay, reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. to everything is what, if a regular guy was just, a regular Joe was just sitting around watching this battle going on, going, oh, really? Oh, go, oh wow, a guy got big again. Oh, well, just to me, that I think that that's Rhodey. He is the every, he is us. <laughs> he is he is the comic book fan watching this unfold, but he's involved. Ouch. That has hurt. No, he's got armor in his face. But dude, just seeing Giant Man on screen is just like just it's like a, kind of like a surreal mo moment. Like for for me, like I'm not, I'm not a big Marvel guy, but still, I've read enough Marvel comics to know who Giant Man is. And to see it happen, it's just like wow, damn! Now we got this. We're here. 
And once again, you know, I will agree with your comment. This is probably the better fight scene than Endgame. I mean, the stakes were high in Endgame, you know, big time when we get there, but oh, the yeah. stakes are high here too. I'm so. not talking about the stakes. I think it's just the, the battle itself. Just... Well, the battle, yes, the battle is better, but the, even the stakes are high as well. I mean, not as high as Endgame, but I mean, when we get there, oh my God, just, I can't wait. <laughs> and Vision gave him a drop kick. <laughs> so damn. They made Vision of like a complete badass in this movie. Well she is. But so is Wanda. Everybody's powers and skills are on display in this fight. That's what I love. Everybody gets their moment. Who'd she, who'd she shoot? Uh, the, uh, Black Panther. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't see who it was. No, it's okay. I love this. It's just... <laughs> you see that really old movie Empire Strikes Back? Dude, that dude, that makes me feel old. So well, please the, don't the, do that. Tony again. Tony's eye roll, and then you hear Rody he go, he How did. old is this kid? Well, you saw Empire Strikes Back recently. Again, I know, so. but I just think it's great that they <laughs> that that's always been a, a fan theory about Uncle Ben because we never see Uncle Ben you know right now Tony mm -hmm. is Uncle Ben for for this Spider-Man you know to 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 carry on that heart and soul of why he keeps driving on but they think that Uncle Ben was just this old school movie buff and that's what he always took Peter to see movies and that's why because he mentions that this Empire Strikes Back here aliens. I think yeah, he mentions aliens I think in Infinity War I mean so he's, he does make a lot of re references to it so it's I guess he was an 80s guy yep so do you remember there were talk well it's not talks it ever happened but there was like rumors out there because fans love to like do these fan casts yeah, as do I and we do too they, they were talking about you know who should be like Uncle Ben Tobey Maguire I'm like Hmm. I don't think he's. I don't. He think was in. He had to, somebody had to be in young. the. Yeah, he's too young. In the fifties, in his fifties, yeah. like Marissa Tomei's age. And you need somebody kind of quirky and geeky to like get along, like with like, hey, my uncle took me to these movies. Like, you need someone like with that personality. Yeah. And I can't think of somebody at the top of my head right now who could, who could fit that bill. Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, oh, that's not bad. Same age, and he he, he can pull the geek. Yeah, trust me, he oh, can pull the geek. That. Farmer Ted. I mean, he can. All he needs to do is just redo Farmer Ted. And um, actually, you know what? If you want to go deep, what about Bill Winter from Bill and Ted? Yeah, that would work. 
Bill Warner could be as well. That would, he wouldn't be a bad Uncle Ben. I mean, he can't be like, hey, what's going on, Peter? Like, radical, let's go watch a movie. He can't be like that. But... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> Come on, Peter, let's go. We're going to watch Alien. We're going to watch Wild Stallion. <laughs> hey, really, Peter, you want to be part of our band? You got a band, Uncle Ben? What is it? We're called Wild Stallion. Dude, you're talking about, like, combining universes. <laughs> yeah, my... Uh... <laughs> My my buddy that that's in it with me, he vanishes once in a while, but but yeah. he, he always comes back. He's got a scratch on his face or or a new dog, but he's a cool guy. I love his dog. Don't touch his dog. Don't, don't, touch, his dog. don't touch his dog. So now it was it was um, confirmed by Kevin Feige that yes, this is not the first appearance of Peter Parker in this uh, in no? the, in the MCU. No, it is not. There was one other moment Peter Parker showed up. It was a oh, fan boy. theory forever, but Kevin Feige did confirm. Oh, it. was it Iron Man three? Uh, two. Two. He was a little kid at at the uh, at, at the, World's the World's Fair. Fair. Yep, and he was the one that was held up his hand and and tried to shoot uh, one of the one of the machines, and uh, Tony did it for him. But yeah, that is confirmed by Kevin that's, Feige that's young that Peter? that is a young Peter. Oh my God. Uh, not only as Kevin, but also um, Tom Holland. He said that it was also confirmed by by uh, by Kevin as well. So, you know, what? I know it's kind of BS because they just basically said, "Yeah, that's the young." You know, that well, guess what? Planned, Sometimes there's things that are laid out in front but, of them but, but, that but they it's don't laid out. It's fine, but it's cool though. I, I dig it. But when when the fans get all of it and their fans are like, "No, that makes perfect sense," that he would be. But why else would he become a fanboy of? Of Iron Man, yeah. Of Iron not only Iron Man, but of Tony Stark. Because he was a young kid being introduced to Tony Stark's product and his idea at that World Fair, at the you know, at, at the Stark convention. And it just makes more and more sense. And that's sometimes there are moments like that when the fans come through and say, Hey, listen, we keep seeing this point and it keeps coming up more and more and more, but nothing's been confirmed. And then the finally, you know, the writer's like, you know, that makes perfect sense. Yes, we're we're going to make that now canon because mm-hmm. you guys have put it put uh, ABC together that we didn't see. We did it. We just didn't put them together. Well, you know what? We are, you know, you know, we are now living in the age of fandom. Like literally, like f- the fans are going to get their way now. Yeah, I, I, I will are, say that is are, the one thing that I took away from. It's dangerous, but. Yes, and yeah, it is. It can be dangerous, but it cannot be. It just depends on what. I think the way in the DC fandom that, that went on this weekend, guys, the one of the things that was consistently there was what the fans want we're going to produce. Doesn't mean yeah, that they're yeah. going to get the exact version that they want, but they know that fans want a, a product that they that in the past they've been like, no, it doesn't seem like it's a cool that cool of a product. So it's not going to make a lot of money, but the fans want it. I think The Rock said it the best. When he was talking about the Black Adam series, a oh, movie gosh. that he's in, he's like, and he made the comment, he's like, I have one boss and one boss I care about to, that of their opinion. And he said, other than my wife and my kids, it's the fans. What yeah. do the fans yeah. want? And that's, and again, that, that theory and that, that mentality, not theory, but that mentality was strewn through that. Uh, I heard it from Jim Lee 
I heard it from Berlanti. I heard it from uh, who was the head of the movie division for for DC. I heard Walter it from Mata. him. He's the same thing. I heard it from him. It's just it was consistently spoken, not like not being obnoxiously spoken, like hey, we we get it, but it was it was there. It was it was a interweaving thread throughout the whole thing. It was a, it was a good, it's a good like I said it's a good thing because you know like the like like DC like Marvel fans have basically gotten their way for years and I'm not and it's I'm not jealous but you know they've had twelve years of success they have and it's great I'm glad for that I love Marvel too but DC has had a struggle and I think one of the big things is like you know you don't have to listen to fans but you know at least acknowledge like hey maybe. And one of the big things I got out of DC fandom this weekend is like, you know what? We are listening. Like, okay, you want this. And by the way, like the Snyder Cut thing, I know you didn't watch it and you had some issues with it, but the one thing I got out of it is like this girl who's in. Oh, know, no, no, I watched. No, I watched the whole thing. The the, the uh, girl from uh from uh, Japan, Japan or China, China or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, she, she was, was the China, one yeah. who started that, and yeah. then she like she put it on Patreon, and she basically said, "Hey, you know what? If you donate to this, we donate to suicide victims." And Zach took notice, and I guess WB took notice, and that's how this thing got like to where it is. And hey, guess what? We're gonna get the cider cut now, and you know now we're getting at this. And like, if you see all these things coming out, like, hey, this is for the fans. I mean, the title of DC fandom is called DC Fandom. I mean, they're not hiding what they want to do. Oh yeah, no, and it's, but it was definitely all all through it. I mean, and and the and the Snyder cut is an exact like screaming of it. You know, they listen to the fans to do it, um, and I think that's you know that's great. I hopefully the fans that push for it get what they want out of that movie. And I just, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing more happening. I, again, I've, I, you know, the other things they released, other movies they've talked about that are not in the works right now, but are planned for the works next year. It's just more and more things that fans want, and that, that, that I've seen in 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 posts and in blogs and in in, in chat rooms that I've talked to people in. Mm. These are things that just that we've all wanted, and we're finally going to get in DC and Warner Brothers. You know, is listening and. Hopefully we'll see less and less of that old money group that you've always talked about. No, and I think you have. I think this weekend proved that that old money group is taking like a back seat because that one of my favorite panels that happened today and we discussed it off air is like the Berlanti, Hamada, Jim Lee panel. That, that, that to me was a panel that sold the whole thing because here you have TV, movie, comics and everything else saying, hey, you know what? We are all in agreement. And once I heard that, I was like, you know what? This is the start of something that I have been waiting for all my life as far as DC movies goes. Or in TV, like, guess what? We're together. Like, yes, we have these multiverses out there and we acknowledge those. But, you know, we can tell these other stories. Like, it's always been said, like, you know, hey, you know, this story takes parts of the universe, but we don't say nothing. No, this was said by the guys in creative who make it. So that made me stoked. I'm like, you know what? No matter what you do, even the Batman trailer I have issues with, that's fine. It's in a different universe. So I'm good with it. I'm sorry. I just rambled. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I was doing some rambling. Okay. Sorry. Here's a big callback to Marvel Comics. This is The Raft, by the yes. way. The Raft has been around for a while. 
Um, now, people said that you could see Quicksilver in some kind of tank. I'm not sure. It does seem they probably passed, but. And uh, according to some people in Kevin Feige, they say that the Abomination is in the raft somewhere. Uh, he was put there. Yeah, I think it was referred to in the in that Hulk movie. But that was about it. I don't think we see him and I don't. No, you don't see, see him, but they, they said he's in there somewhere. Yeah, He's not dead, but he's in there. And I don't see a container with Quicksilver in it, so I don't know. There was, no, there was like a, if you look up like, if you look up a Civil War container Quicksilver, you'll see like something. They said it's, it's a fan theory. Again, fan theory. Yeah. So. That was a hell of a fight. Everybody's got black eyes. I guess Tony Stark, he created those eye watches for anybody. Were eye watches a big thing back then in 2016 or was that after? Yes. Okay. They'd been out for a little bit. Okay. You're only talking four years ago, so. Hey, that's Joe Russo. Or is it Anthony Russo? Not another good scene. I want to know more about the raft. I mean, do you remember Jessica Jones season two, the ending of Jessica Jones season two? Mm, maybe. Or basically, well, if you, if you recall, like the, the main battle was between her sister. Her sister went crazy and Jessica kicked her ass. And like the ending of that season was a helicopter, which looked exactly like that. Didn't say Stark, but they're like, what are they, they going to take her to the raft? I'm not calling for a series, but I wouldn't mind, like, you know, a little, you know, five episode thingy about the raft. Who's in there? It could be one of those things, like, you know, like uh, Tag and Bink. You could have, like, two security guards on the raft. Like, what do they do all day? How does the child get a Quinjet? Or is that his jet? That's a Black Panther jet. Yeah, I was saying, that looks like a Wakanda jet. Okay. Because I'm saying, like, that's a little Quinjet. I mean, that's a Quinjet landing, but that's Cap and Bucky. I love these moments between him and the two bros. Like, hey, man, how are you? I'm like 105 years old, bro.
<laughs> I love that. She's got to be a hundred. So are we, man? It's funny. I had a phone call from my brother. Like, um, it was like I think it was was it three nights ago, and he was kind of hammered. He was talking about this. Um, he was talking about the Winter Soldier. And he was talking about Cap and Buck. He's like, you know, you know what? That's me and you, man. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, he's like, I know what you're Cap and I'm Bucky, right? I'm like, well, you can't grow your hair because you're kind of bald, so you can't be Bucky. But I can grow my hair. You know, that's our relationship, man. I go, well, bro, uh, let me tell you something. There's somebody else who's basically like my Cap and Bucky right now, too. So <laughs> you you got to get in line, pal. I'm your brother, but like, dude, that's the only relationship I know to have with a friend like who's a bro. It's like. Not combative, not anger, but it's just more like, you know, just, you know, little jabs. Like, hey, what about this? What about that? So, kind of funny. Uh-oh. And we have no friends who are Iron Man because we know, don't know anybody's money. So, I think Ben has dough. So we have a reference coming up here shortly. There'll be a little battle scene. Uh, there'll be an image of well, it'll be uh, during the battle. It's coming up here. That, there'll be uh, Iron Man blasting Captain America's ray shield. It's a oh, direct it's, it's, homage to the uh, to the Civil War Part Seven comic book cover. Mm-hmm. There's a few. Uh, yeah, because there's a couple things. A few little you, Easter eggs that are coming. They up don't there. totally ignore the comic. It just they give like. What I like about Feige, what he does, is he gives like nice little nods to the fans. Like, even if you've never seen a Marvel movie, like, hey, this is brand new, but if you read the comics, I'm going to give you this. You know who could have showed up right now? It would have been perfect, and you might disagree. Modoc. Can you imagine Modoc is in there right now? Yeah, yeah, you're. You don't think so? No, because again, it's the same thing that they wouldn't have Hulk in there or Thor or or, uh, or Nick Fury. What would make sense to the story? Still a nod. That'd be nice. Not, not nods or nods. You don't want to. You don't want to tease somebody like Modok and then just move past it. Oh, that's, you think yeah, that's a. Oh, that'll a piss Hold off on. a lot of people. <laughs> Do you think he's a main villain character for a movie? Modok. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. You think so? Mm-hmm. If, if not, if not, if not the, if not the big boss, the the next level down. Okay. I won't I call, I thought I, of him as like a like a B kit B boss character. A B boss, yeah. That's I'll go with B boss. So you know, he's not the A, but he's B, and he'd be the one you have to get you know beat before before you get here. Trust me, one of your one of your uh, your idols would would heavily disagree with you on that one. Hmm. Yeah, Mister uh, Shep Schnapp was a, a huge Modoc fan. And I, I think, oh, I know. Yeah, I, I think, know. He, I think I know. he would uh, oh, he, he would God. heavily disagree with that. No, no, Modoc needs to be on his own. You know, have his own thing. 
But I would love to have argued with Schnepp over a couple quarters of lights and be like, no, he's a B-level villain character. No, he's not. I go, yes, he is. I'm sorry. Like, I like Modoc. I dig him. But he's kind of B-level. He's kind of like very similar to Artem Zola. Artem Zola, very similar. Not really, but sort of. Oh. That's what I'm saying right now. Like, he's a villain. He doesn't have to hit you to beat you right now. And right now, he won. Oh, damn. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Somebody's going to figure something out. By the way, the music's on point, by the way. Attention. That's that's a gut punch right there. That's a that's the biggest cut bu- gut punch up to this one. Look at that. You know what this reminds me of? Revenge of the Sith. The ending. I loved you like a brother, Anakin. Well, it's a guy dealing with two brothers. I know.
He's still going after him, though. I love seeing angry Tony Stark fighting. Angry Tony Stark is like angry Batman. He gets more focused. Even though he's all his armory, he's like, like his shit goes down. He's still finding ways. Like, you know, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this. I love that. When he takes the helmet off, that's like, dude, he's baller. He's going after it now. By the way, that, that's a very Luke moment, if you think about it. From New Hope, when he's going on the missile, he turns off the, the, the guidance system. He's like, no, I'm going to use the force. He's like, I'm going to eyeball that shit. So good. So good. Oh. Oh, here it comes. Probably one of the yep. best best fight scenes, I think. Yep. One of the best three way fight scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this back and forth passing the so oh my god, the shield, from the shield? Forth, yeah. oh my god, so good. But the listen to the music as well. The mu the music is going along. Goodbye, arm. Yep. And another Star Wars reference from yes, Empire. Yes, yes it is. Yep. Because Bucky has lost an arm in two movies. But no, it is a direct, you know, for, you know uh, from Empire. They, they, they did that on purpose for to pay homage. And to me, this is the scene that he becomes Black Panther. Because you have your father's killer right in front of you. The birth of Black Panther is right here in the scene.
Smart guy. Uh, um, this. So, so good. That's where he became Black Panther, right there. Right there. That's Black Panther. And a very Batman moment, too. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Nope. This all this line is gonna break my heart now. Oh, oh. Cap saying, "I love that. I love that." So it's the second time we've heard it, and I think we'll hear it another one more time. I think. And, and you were talking about that moment that of that scene where, you know, we see things to come. This is this whole ending scene is things to come. This is the 